Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Time now for the bigger picture. Some members of the Energy Alliance OPEC Plus are considering whether to suspend Russia from an oil production deal. That's according to reports by the Wall Street Journal, citing unnamed OPEC delegates. This comes at a time when non-OPEC leader Russia, a major player in global energy markets, faces a barrage of Western sanctions and a partial oil ban from the European Union in the wake of the onslaught in Ukraine. Now, how will this play out? for the OPEC meeting today. We have on the line Shane Oliver, Head of Investment Strategy and Chief Economist, AMP Capital. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So Shane, OPEC delegates are reportedly concerned about the growing economic pressure on Russia and its ability to pump more crude to cool soaring prices. Now, how realistic or likely will we see Russia being kicked out? It's an interesting one. My inclination is to think that they probably won't kick them out. But by the same token, I think OPEC producers must be concerned here that as prices go higher, that will lead to a situation where it obviously impacts global demand, running the risk of a global slowdown and ultimately leading to a worse situation in terms of demand for oil. So my inclination is that OPEC, through all this noise, regardless of what it does with Russia, will will be more inclined to increase production or allow an increase in production rather than not. Yeah, you say that they probably won't get kicked out, but how much will suspending Russia from OPEC plus, you know, affect the production equation? It won't necessarily affect the production equation because Russia will still be able to produce oil. It just won't be part of the OPEC plus meetings that has been the case for the last few years. So I guess it weakens OPEC to some degree because one major producer will no longer be a member of that group. But it doesn't necessarily stop Russia producing the oil. Of course, it won't stop Russia producing the oil. The bigger issues are the sanctions being imposed on Russia, which restrict its its, uh, exports. And obviously, Europe is on track to do that. So that's probably going to have a bigger impact than pushing it out of OPEC. Yeah, let's also, you know, look ahead to that meeting. What are some of the other considerations as they decide on the next policy move? What do you think this whole meeting is going to be about? Well, I think it's going to be about the shortage of global oil supply, pressure on capacity globally, and the fact that we're now seeing oil prices heading higher again, and that many of the factors that have led to this around the, uh, the war with Ukraine show no signs of resolving themselves. All of that, I think, does present challenges for various parts of OPEC. Like if you're a, a smaller producer with a limited supply, and then you probably want to get the higher prices, make the most of it while you can, whereas the bigger OPEC producers, notably Saudi Arabia, will be a little bit concerned that the longer prices stay higher or go even higher, because there is a risk that we could see record highs for oil prices the longer this problem continues, that that ultimately will further cement a reduction in demand for oil in a long-term sense because it will encourage a greater switch across to alternatives such as electric vehicles. And of course, that's an issue which is on the horizon anyway as a result of decarbonisation efforts. So I think there's difficult balancing issues here, but I suspect that we're getting close to levels where OPEC will say, on balance, enough is enough. Yeah, we've got to increase production, otherwise we're going to see long-term demand destruction. Yes, we will. We're in conversation with Shane Oliver, Head of Investment Strategy and Chief Economist, AMP Capital. Shane, let's talk a little bit about China and Shanghai in particular, you know, with the reopening. How much will that lift demand? 
Well, that's the big question here. China reopening, good news. But of course, that means increased demand for commodities, including oil. And of course, that's been one factor pushing the oil price up in the last week or so. Now, of course, the other factor is that China doesn't have the vaccination backstop that other countries have. And therefore, Omicron being highly transmissible could flare up again. So it's a little bit unclear as to how sustainable China's reopening will be. It's a bit like the reopenings that various other countries had a year or two ago before the vaccination levels reached uh, critical mass. And so you question whether it's, it's going to be a permanent reopening or not. For the time being, it's good news globally for the global economy in terms of the easing of supply constraints. Uh, but yes, it does add to commodity prices. So it's 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 both positive and negative. Yeah, it is refreshing, this news of the reopening, not just for residents in China, but globally, as you rightly mentioned there. Before I let you go, let's also, uh, you know, talk a little bit more about this reopening in Shanghai. What's the outlook for the Australian dollar? I think the outlook for the Australian dollar is up simply because commodity prices are going to remain high, which is going to mean that Australia, Australia will continue to see a trade surplus going forward. And you know, don't forget, two-thirds of Australian exports are commodity-related, whether they're agricultural or most of it industrial. And that is a key source of strength for the Aussie dollar. We, we haven't seen the, the normal strength that would flow from that because of all these issues, the tensions with China and the, the lockdowns and global growth uncertainty and so on. But I think as long as commodity prices remain strong, and I think they will remain strong, then that imparts an upwards bias to the Australian dollar. So ultimately, on a one-year horizon, I see it getting to 80 cents, although I must admit I've been disappointed for the last year or so, but I think that's ultimately where the Aussie dollar is headed. Yeah, brilliant. As always, we've been speaking with Shane Oliver, Head of Investment Strategy and Chief Economist AMP Capital. Thank you so much for your time. Have a great rest of the day. My pleasure. You too. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app, that's A-W-E-D-I-O, available on Google Play or the App Store.